Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bannering the Blue Shirts. Uh, my name is Tom Merchner, and I'm joined by, as always, Mike Murphy. Mike, how's it going today? Doing good, Tom. I just had what we in the industry like to call a nap. Um, I ate chicken fingers and then took a deep, delicious uh, nap, and now I'm ready for the show. I feel good. So with the with the chicken fingers, what kind of what kind of dipping action did you have? Were you going ketchup, honey mustard, barbecue sauce? See, growing up, I was strictly barbecue boy. Um, I would venture into the you know the kind of bland land of of ketchup every now and then. But mm-hmm. maybe two years ago, um, I converted to honey mustard, and I really haven't looked back. I think like not all honey mustards are made equal but the chances of you running into like a a low quality honey mustard are really low whereas or maybe it's better to say uh, the floor is higher for honey mustard than it is for barbecue sauce you can have like barbecue sauce that is just essentially like ketchup with a little tang in it but even like really like basic bitch honey mustard is still really damn good so I made uh, I made that switch, Tom, and you know I haven't turned back. Now I'm the owner of a Fortune 500 company. I have a uh, you know I have a summer house in the Poconos. Things are going well. Well, that's great to hear. Um, I'm I'm more of like you know barbecue sauce type of person. I just love barbecue sauce with with a lot of things. Um, but you didn't tune into to blue shirt banner for our takes on condiments but if that's something know. you would like us to weigh in at some point you know some sort of like food bracket or whatever while the uh, the nhl is on pause feel free to drop uh, either one of us a line um we're going to talk do a ab- whole episode dedicated to condiments i mean why not yeah i mean there, there's nothing really going on uh in terms of nhl hockey but with the Rangers, we're lucky enough to have um, some news this week uh, regarding their prospects, and we'll start the show talking about uh, Tyler Wall. Um, Tyler, right. yeah, he signs his ELC uh, with the Rangers, and it's something that I feel some people were a little concerned with. They, given the team's depth uh, for goaltending, that he's someone who could test free agency in August or uh, I mean technically August un- under normal circumstances um, yeah, yeah. Be- yeah because he had done his four years in college but he he signs with the Rangers um, and before um, I sort of get into his numbers I thought this quote was sort of interesting it might sort of might explain why he signed um, he says so when the Rangers first scouted me with the Le- uh, Leamington Flyers there weren't a lot of teams that were coming to watch me in Junior B, and not a lot of teams that were probably willing to take a chance on me just coming out of that league. They've put a lot of work and time and effort into me. That's obviously a big aspect is just the fans. It's New York. They have the best fans and best arena in the world. So um, it's it's encouraging to hear that the, he's sort of looking at the Rangers as so, sort of they took a chance on him. They... You know, watched him play, and obviously, um, someone who, who who really rewarded them. Um, sort of quick line: he 
had a record of 58, 34, and 10 uh, in his college career. Uh, two two eight goals against, nine eighteen save percentage, and he owns a couple of records. He owns the school record for most wins by a goalie that was previously held by Dwayne Rolison. Um, you know he had a pretty interesting NHL career. Played with the Oilers, the Islanders, um, among few others, and he also. Um, he had broke Connor Hellebuck's record for wins by a rookie. Um, so it's certainly a lot of um, positive things. So sort of my question for you, Mike, is another goalie sort of in the mix. Um, just your thoughts on Wall and sort of where uh, you could see him playing next year. Well, I think the the first thing that strikes me about uh, Tyler Wall is that in other organizations, he would be talked about a lot more than he is in the Rangers organization, just because of how, you know, how headline-grabbing the goalie carousel at the NHL level is. But, you know, he's had a really, really solid uh, NHL career. I mean, I'm sorry, collegiate career. Um, you know, he really had what I would, you know, three solid seasons, the sophomore season. Uh, was a down year, um, but you know he's a guy. It's especially in uh, collegiate hockey. It's it's pretty rare to see a guy who, you know, takes on that role of starter, um, you know, for four for four years, and that's what Tyler Wall did. And you know, if you think about like if you think really big picture, right? You have Adam Huska who's under contract, um, you know, for Hartford. And then, you know, you have Barube, right? J.F. Barube, but he's Mm -hmm. a UFA at the end of the season. So it's not like there's not room for Tyler Wall. That's the thing that has been kind of surprising to me with people. I, I think, you know, when you embrace the fact that you know, one of the three guys who's got NHL starts this year is going to be elsewhere, then there's plenty of room for him. And like you said, we'll we'll get into his numbers a little bit more, but the other thing that strikes me so much about Tyler Waltom is, like, this was a six-round pick. This is another good late pick the Rangers have made, right? Like, Yeah. It's, uh, he had a really good college career. 174th overall in in 2016 and like you said it's really that one blip is his sophomore year in which he only played 12 games uh that year was a 398 goals against but um yeah i don't know if he was injured that year or if there's something else going on um but like overall his numbers were really really strong and you know as a senior he finished particularly strong you know six foot three good size um, you know, and he had, you know, he played for a pretty good team and he was part of the reason that team was pretty dang good. Um, uh, and that's, what's so exciting to me about him. I mean, a 931 save percentage in your senior year, uh, you know, I think he was top 10 in the nation and just in terms of save percentage, I hate goals against average. Uh, as a goalie stat for so many reasons because it's a team stat and right. all the other things but uh, you know looking at what at what Wall did it's yeah this is a, not a bad goaltending prospect and frankly you can never have too, too much 
a good thing. The Rangers have seemed to be have a knack for developing goalies, and the thing is, after Igor and uh, you know Georgie, like you need like we need the next layer of that onion. And you know, is it Huska? I don't know, but it's a, Huska and Wall battling it out for starts is only good news. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about. Um, he, let's see, so yeah, this year he was named a third uh, team all-star in Hockey East. So, you know, that it's just like a lot of these numbers, it, it's hard to have sort of context for them because like as you, um, you know, pointed out in your uh, your great presentation for Hack, looking at women's hockey, um not all conferences are created equal so you may be in a stack conference you may be in a um you know weaker conference um so i think we'll get to see a lot of wall um at some point it'll be interesting to see um how things go on uh, next year in the ahl um which is if we can move on to that topic unless you have anything else you wanted to uh add on tyler wall no, yeah, we can we can move on. I just think it's it's a it's fun that the Rangers seem to have done another good job with a late draft pick, and it's moves like those late draft picks and things like oh yeah, who's this you know Georgiev guy? Let's give him a chance. Let's sign him, um, and you know you see what he's become. Like every once in a while, this this front office does something where you're like oh they, they kind of have. They kind of have their shit together, and then other times, not so much. But thankfully, there's enough of these little nuggets that have helped keep the Rangers moving in a positive direction, despite, you know, how often this team has seemingly, you know, squandered opportunities and picks in the draft and things like that. Yeah, it's like, like you said, when they find these late uh, sort of gems, it kind of makes me wonder... What is it that they see where, oh, we're going to take like Brandon Halverson in the second round or we're going to take Olaf Lindbaum, in, you know, in the second round. So Ryan Grupp. What the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure we could go on all day about those types of picks, but, you know, we don't want to bring anyone down. Um, but unfortunately, in down news, in something that I don't think anyone is surprised the AHL um, announced that they're not going to be playing the rest of the season. It's just not going to be feasible for them. Um, so it is what it is for for the rest of the year. There's no awarding of any um, you know regular season champion or anything like that. So it's kind of a bummer for the Rangers because you had a chance to have some of the young players who would have had a chance to contend for a Calder Cup. So that could have been valuable playoff experience. You also had maybe the potential of had things, you know, gone normally. Maybe you have someone like uh, Nils Lundqvist come over and join join the pack for a run and things of that nature. Um, and, you know, whether it's like uh, Brett Howden and Julian Gauthier were the two guys that the Rangers had sent down after the trade deadline for eligibility in the playoffs. But yeah. um, I did a quick look at Hartford's stats, and I'm sure that like you'll have a couple of things to say because I know like you were 
doing a lot um, throughout the season. But um, despite uh, only playing in 25 games, Igor uh, was second in the league in goals against and save percentage uh, in 25 games played. And then the leading scorer for the pack this year was uh, Vinny Letary, who scored 25 goals, 47 points, and 61 games played. Um, other than that, you have like um, you know a couple of guys um, sort of hovering around like the the point six per game, a points per game mark, but no one um, you know too spectacular. Um, I'm sort of interested to see when they do decide to start uh next season if it'll something that they're going to try and sync up with the nhl and what what this could have on development i know um it more like an ncaa type thing there's been like some signings where people have decommitted and they um are going to play in like the ohl or you know whl and things of that nature so it's a bummer and I'm interested to see what the Rangers are, are, are going to do with some of these people because you obviously put down crafts out there for a reason. So this is something that uh, hopefully doesn't uh, stunt any growth. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me because this season, you know, October through really, I would say all the way through November, the success of the Wolfpack was this huge story. And, you know... Filipino gets called up and it's, oh, their offense isn't quite the same as it was. And then, uh, you know, Igor, of course, gets called up. But also think another one that gets overlooked a lot is Phil DiGiuseppe, um, you know, gets called up and is no longer a part of, you know, things. Some of the few things that were kind of going right there. Uh, DiGiuseppe had 26 points in 43 games uh, before he was called up. And you look at you know, Hartford's most impactful players. Um, you know, we talked so much about uh, the moves that, uh, you know, Jeff Gordon and uh, Chris Drury made to build that roster out. And like you said, Letieri led that team in scoring. And then you had it's Danny O'Regan, who's next on the team in scoring, and Fogarty, and then Joey Keane, who of course was traded uh, for Gautier, and then you have Darren Radish and Tim Gettinger, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's Bunievis and Matt Bileski, who this will be his last, last, you know, year with the Rangers, and you get to the point where it's like, oh yeah, this team wasn't very good, um, and that is something I think, I hope we get addressed a little bit with getting more of these young guys who can make an impact at the AHL level, and you know, looking more at that, how important it is to have guys who can stick around in the AHL and guys who can kind of fill out your depth in the NHL. Because it feels like Hartford looked really good up until the Rangers needed the things that made Hartford really good. <laughs> and it would be nice if Hartford got to stay good because that's how we're going to get these guys like Kravstov developed there if, you know, if indeed he is there next season. But they really did fall off a cliff um, in terms of the direction they were headed. And that was a bummer, but, you know, given what happened with a big club and, and like, you couldn't keep Filipino down there, um, you know, and you couldn't keep Igor down there. And, like, you take those two guys out of the equation and 
Like that's MVP one and two through the first nine or ten games or however long Heedle was down there. So yeah. Crazy crazy year for Hartford really is all I can think and the fact that the AHL season got cancelled made perfect sense to me. The one thing I'm most interested in is sort of ultimately what the NHL does decide because I could see a number of things happen. So if the league tries to continue the regular season and then have this playoff and then have a short off season um, to start the upcoming season, um, you're going to need a lot of extra bodies because at some point someone is going to get hurt and probably multiple people are going to get hurt. Um, And even further, I wonder what this will mean for European free agents. I know the KHL, for example, there's a couple of players right now who are free agents who they are not going to go back to their original teams because the KHL is instituting uh, a salary cap. So it's, it's not a situation where you have these players like Pavel Datsuk who went home to make as much money as he wanted. Now he can't do that anymore. So I wonder if through this you'll have some somewhat talented players who are going to make the decision if they can come over and at the very least they're getting uh, a contract where at least in the NHL they can make some decent money so I know the Rangers in the past have have been active in sort of scouting all these other leagues and they've had a a mix of success with with players but um, it's going to be interesting and I'm optimistic that the Rangers are trying to take care of business ahead of time. We've seen it with the signing of Wall. We saw it earlier in the offseason with with signing some of the players they did, whether it was um, Justin Richards or uh, Patrick Kodorenko, just sort of adding uh, to the pool to give them options. Um, But uh, we mentioned him briefly, um, but the the last prospect news, um, Nils Lundqvist was named the SHL's junior player of the year. He's someone that uh, has uh, been talked about a lot for um, for good reason. Um, you know, right-handed defenseman who was was selected in the first round. Um, I think what was it? His pick was. I'm trying to think in what deal that they got him. I'm drawing a blank because I think it was something where like they ended up moving back. I'm going to try and look this up really quick. Let's see. Nils Lundqvist. Oh, great. My keyboard doesn't want to work. Um, oh, God. So while while I'm waiting for that to work, but yeah, he's he's just someone that he has gotten a lot of attention for how he was sort of rising up the, the charts um, in where his rank was in terms of scoring for um, SHL um, rookie defenders. Um, so it's obviously a lot of hype for for him for when he does um, eventually come over. And I would assume that, you know, barring, um, you know, anything out of the ordinary, he's, he's someone that should uh, be in the AHL next year. Um, so kudos, kudos to him. Um, obviously, he had such a good year with Rulia. Um, 
like among junior defenders, I was looking this up uh, just before the show. He had nearly you know twice as many points as the next highest scoring uh, defender um, in the SHL, uh, which is Victor Soderstrom. But the thing that really stands out to me for Lundqvist and what he did for for Lulia was, you know, he had he put a you know a little over two shots on goal per game. Uh, 11 goals in 45 games and 20 assists is, you know, when you see 11 goals, you're like, okay. Uh, you know, this guy was known as more of a two-way guy and, you know, with, with good offensive upside. But what stands out to me a lot here, Tom, is last season uh, he had, you know, he was also playing with Lulia uh, with 10 points, so he tripled his production. But that last season he averaged 12.43 per game in ice time. This year, 20 minutes, 18 seconds. So this is a kid who's playing seven and a half minutes more ice time per game and clearly flourished in, you know, that new heap of responsibility. And he's 19. Uh, he'll turn 20 in in July um you know like there's a lot of exciting things about a lot of Rangers prospects and the year that Nils Lundqvist had is right at the top of the list so uh very richly deserved for him to get that uh acknowledgement from elite prospects and it might be the first of some more hardware coming his way we'll have to see uh what else comes his way in terms of that recognition but again uh a guy who i was always intrigued by i think keandre miller kind of stole my heart but nils lundquist has kind of been stealing my brain lately you know what i mean it's he he does so many things good but tom i kind of want him in the nhl next year but tom there's not really room for him here yeah that's that's the problem um what do we do yeah, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do, and I I think that depending on how the rest of this year goes, that'll play a role in in, in what happens. So if like if the Rangers are able to resume play and, and fight for a playoff spot, if they if they are um, excluded from a format that sees it go, you know, directly to the playoffs, and if the salary cap remains uh, flat. There's a lot of um, options, and I think that depending on that, you'll see what they do with Lundqvist. So I was actually able to pull it up. So I was confusing. So it was in the 2018 first round. The Rangers had traded the pick from Boston and the pick they got from New Jersey in the Grabner trade to move up to take Miller. And yeah. they had so they selected Lundqvist with the pick they got from Tampa Bay in the um, the Ryan McDonough trade. So um, not not bad to get two defenders like Miller and, and Lundqvist in the back end of the first round. Um, so especially even if one of them only one of them you know pan out, it's uh, it's uh, still sort of a, a good opportunity for them. But um, yeah, I agree with you. Having him in the NHL next year would be kind of cool, but, um, but it really, yeah, it's, that's the, you know, million dollar question, $8 million question. 
Uh, for those who have said like, oh, you know, did they make a mistake with Jacob Trubar? You know, do we not go long term with Tony D'Angelo and sort of see uh, what happens there? It's uh, the toughest thing is just because there's all this uncertainty, and I'm hopefully that the league sort of irons out what they're going to want to do with the draft and all of that. I know that yeah. they've been delaying that and there was like reports today um, where they said something might be happening but it, like everything else I feel like every week we've been saying oh they might do this and then we come back the next week and go yeah the NHL doesn't want to do that um, <laughs> anymore. Um so, one last topic before we get to some fun. Oh, uh, I have in, a little mini topic after oh. that topic for you. Oh, yeah, perfect. So, yeah, so my last topic on my sheet was we're recording this on May 13th, which is uh, a big day um, in New York Rangers history. Um, I put up a story on Banter today, um, sort of just looking at the three games in recent memory um, in which the Rangers uh, won a game seven. The first of which uh, being versus uh, Washington in 2013. The second of which being against Pittsburgh in, in 2014. And then uh, Washington again in 2015. Um, before I ask you what your favorite moment or moments from that uh, range were, um, May 13th is also um, today, or rather today is uh, nine years since uh, Derek Bugard tragically um, passed away. Um, I'm currently reading uh, Boy on Ice, which is uh, written by John Branch, which is just sort of looking at uh, his life and, and everything like that. Um, but that's something I didn't want to forget as well. Um, but out of, out of those three games, Mike, um, sort of you have a favorite memory, a favorite moment, or sort of remember what you were doing at the time that sort of uh, sticks out to you? Oh, man. I mean, Marty St. Louis? Oh, boy. There's so much here. Like, I love... For whatever reason, the Rangers-Capitals playoff series are always so intense to me. But, I don't know. Like, Henrik against the Penguins in in the 2014 playoffs and that to me is really hard to beat like i, I it's funny because the the rivalry the rangers developed with with washington was was really not like it wasn't filled with blood and anger right it was because like washington was in our division everything but and ovechkin was ovechkin but they weren't our rivals they just so happened to be another team in our division that also was really good when the Rangers were, were really good. But it's more fun to hate the Penguins, so I'll go with I'll go with twenty fourteen. Yeah, I mean that stretch of games, just winning three in a row, um, is something that it, I'll remember it just because that's when I was in my senior year of college, so you know, watching a lot of those games and um, being so close to graduating, it was just a really um, exciting time in my life. But I mean, the Derek step on goal in overtime is just something that brings me a ton of joy. And I've said it a couple of, you know, I've said not a couple of times. I say it all the time. Uh, 
whenever like you have a bad day or whatever there are those things that you can just sort of go to to try and bring a smile on your face it might be um a favorite song it might be like a favorite you know movie or something but just going on youtube and and watching his um his goal uh and it's it's just like it's burned in my brain you know winning the face off Girardi the shot on goal getting the rebound putting it in and him jumping in the air it's it's sort of funny like um when uh Mika had his five goal game against the Capitals him going to the corner and like just putting his arms up in the air it reminded me a little bit of of after step on and score yeah. his game winner I'm just like I'm like wow this is just like just sort of freaky um and very cool and obviously it happening against um the Washington Capitals uh, add something to it. Uh, I mean, had it been against Brayden Holpe, um, that would have been even more uh, freaky. But you know, it was uh, Ilya Samsonov. Um, but yeah, May thirteenth uh, has has been a, a very good day in terms of games for for the Rangers, and it, it's something right now that uh, you can sort of look back on because there's not really anything going going on right now. Oh, so my mini topic for you, Tom, is I saw um, every once in a while I'll peruse hockey, this hockey subreddit, and I saw that the uh, a doctor had advised that when we do get the NHL hockey back, that players should refrain from spitting and wear full visors. Um, everyone should, you know, to minimize the transference of droplets, because as we know, uh, you know, moisture and sneezing and coughing, uh, and those surfaces is how we spread COVID. My, the thing that occurred to me, Tom, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a hockey bench is like a fucking petri Petri dish. dish. (laughs) It's an ideal goddamn, it's, it's an ideal place to transfer something like COVID. There's snot rockets being blown. There's mouth guards being tucked into gloves. There's water bottles that, you know, you don't really give a shit if it's yours sometimes. There's, you know, sports drinks and smelling salts waving in each other's faces. You share those things with each other. Like, think of all the times you just watch players just uh, fill their mouth with water and just shoot it all out of their mouth. And, like, they'll be like, we'll, you know, we'll advise players not to do that. Like, not to spit on the bench and stuff. But that's just part of their routine. Like, asking hockey players not to do that stuff on the bench just seems so futile to me. Doesn't it seem like it's just, it's not going to make a goddamn lick of difference to you, right? Yeah, it's, um, like, you could change one thing of the environment, right? But there's still all this other stuff that you're obviously going to put yourself at risk. Because, like, think of the water bottles that everyone shares. It's it's not something Hockey is ever- a wet sport. <laughs> like, there's, like, you know, your gear gets wet. Um, you know, like, water can get in a lot of places. It's And that's a terrible thing for something like COVID. Yeah, the one idea, though, that I thought would make sense, and it's something that 
I wouldn't be surprised to have happen within the next 10 years um, just for safety reasons was the concept of um, full shields. So sort of like, yeah. you know, the, the fish bowls. Um, mm-hmm. And the way I think about it is like college hockey players right now are wearing full shields. You have players in, you know, the OHL and all that stuff. They're wearing visors and you're going to get to a point where the league is going to phase out everyone who is currently um, grandfathered, grandfathered in. in. And I don't see that as like a major thing to wear that. And um, I think that could be interesting. I, I, I know people have a total brain fart. Do the Rangers have any guys without visors? Um, so I'm trying to think. Um, I want to say Michael Haley. Does Michael Haley... That's right, Haley. I feel like he's the only one. I think Bolesky doesn't wear one. I don't remember. Let's, let's see if I can find a picture of Michael Haley. Haley definitely doesn't wear one. Yep, Michael Haley does not have a visor. Um, Is he it? He yeah, might be pull, Yeah, I'm going to pull up the roster and just try and think if I can do process of elimination. By... I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember what that the age cutoff is. Like... So let's see, so Booch has to wear one. Fiedel, Giuseppe, Faust, Gautier, Howden, Kako, Kreider, yeah, Lemieux, McKegg, Panarin, Strom, Sabanajad. And then it's, yeah, um, uh-huh. D'Angelo, Fox, Lindgren, Smith, Stahl, Truba. I mean, like, obviously, at one point, Stahl didn't wear one, but he added one. And I uh-huh. think Brendan's, Brendan Smith technically could be grandfathered in, but or he is grandfathered in, but he... Yeah, but he wears but, one. Yeah, so yeah, Michael Hale is the only one. Huh. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's I, gotten to the point now where it's like, it catches your eye, like, why does that guy look different? Oh yeah, he doesn't have a visor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the, the things that, um, like, MSG is showing all these old games um, during the, the pause... And my nephew's been pretty much watching all of them, so he's been he's seen like some of the '80s games, and then there was one where they were replaying the um, the '94 um, game seven. Greg and like, he's like, "Why does that guy not have a helmet on?" And like, "Well, John, at one point you didn't have to wear a helmet." And he's like, "That's so insane. stupid. You could get hurt." And I said, "Well, yeah, but unfortunately, you know, so crazy. people do st- stupid stuff." Can you believe as recently as 94? Although McTavish was the last guy. But yeah. He, he, he didn't have a helmet on. Like, Phil Housley was playing then. It's, you know, it's a 100 mile an hour slap shot. You sure you don't want a goddamn helmet? You sure? Yeah, and like Gila Flair didn't wear one either. Like when I was doing my um, story on him, I'm like, yeah, oh wow, yeah. all, the, all these pictures, like you see the hair and it's like... Just uh, one of those things where it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go from that, right? I always think of that, and then you remember uh, the Tortorella era Rangers where everyone had that extra bit of padding on their gloves. Yep. Because everyone had to block shots on Tortorella's Rangers, and guys were breaking mm-hmm. their fucking fingers and knuckles and shit. And he's like, all right, all right let's, let's put on, uh, like, tape a granola bar on everyone's knuckles and <laughs> do whatever we can here and but the thing that y- you mentioned you know if we're going to get closer to full full visors and like bird cages is 
that's all we see in women's hockey at every level is that's what players wear and i'm always fast fascinated by like the pros and cons Mm -hmm. of both and you know a lot of players will say oh the birdcage is safe it doesn't fog up but it you know, it can kind of distract your peripheral vision, you know, because it's there's wires in the way. Um, and, you know, players with the visors are like, ah, I can see, but, you know, it could maybe fog up on me or whatever. But you know what they all do, Tom, is they protect your goddamn eyes. So Well, yeah, because think of all of the best future players of the league who are now like six or seven years old. They're all going to be wearing they're all learning gonna be wearing how to play. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think I think just people, um, they um, they just don't like change. But eventually, you do have to change for um, good reasons. Um, so yeah, this is looking like it's going to be a pretty big show because we're already at the thirty-seven minute mark. So we we're going to take an ad a break. Yeah, yeah, we'll t- take an ad break here, and then when we come back, we are going to have a draft. So uh, we'll be back shortly. Just like that, we are back from the break, and I see Mike has his hand up. Mike, um, the floor we is yours. Were just, we were just talking about uh, wearing helmets, players wearing helmets. Do you remember in Mighty Ducks uh, Part 1 when Charlie Conway takes his big penalty shot? The son of a bitch doesn't even wear a helmet. He's in a, he's in a little baby's game. You know, that's, that's a good point, because... One of the things with that is I've seen people who have said, why do players wear helmets in the shootout? Like, if you're looking to market players so that people can get to know, oh, this is a professional hockey player. I know what they look like. Why do they need a, uh, a helmet on a um, you know, glorified penalty shot? I don't know. But it always, that always made me laugh. Like, like, that was the reason hockey wasn't bigger. Is because people can't see their faces. It's like, oh yeah, explain football. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or explain the popularity of Mike Piazza or you know Jorge Posada. You know, catchers obviously you know they're not wearing their catching mask half the time when they're batting. But like, come on, <laughs> it's you know. It's... I'm sure you could find any justification for why something is or isn't it's just it is arbitrary as it is hockey is just so insecure how do we show our boys faces that's how we sell the game with our the handsome boys in the league yeah so we're gonna have a draft um thank you to everyone who gave us feedback on our uh marvel draft um i think the overwhelming majority Liked your team first, Shane's team second, and mine third. Um, and 
something I had overlooked was I could have drafted the Wasp to be my goalie um, after losing on, on Ant-Man, which I really got caught in the moment, and I'm like, man, who do I pick? Who do I he pick? Froze. But I did freeze. But I have some time now because before the show, we used Siri to flip a coin, and I w- uh, was given Siri, the number one overall pick. So before you get mad, um, because I could go a number of different ways, I sort of tease that, you know, maybe I'll, I'll pull a rabbit out of my hat and, and do something unexpected. Um, we're going to do the, the same rules as last week, five skaters and a goalie. That's right. For uh, So are we, are we going to be like loose on position? Um, oh yeah, super loose. Um, full disclosure... My, I got to briefly see in a social distancing way my brother Connor, um, and we were shooting the shit, and I was talking to him about the Mighty Ducks movies and talking about them with you on the podcast. And Connor and I, you know, I pointed out how Julie the Cat Gaffney got jobbed, and you know all the other stuff we talked about. And Connor and I got to talking about the best players, and then all of a sudden. It's like we should do a draft, and uh, Connor wasn't able to to live up to the bargain, and I realized this is like perfect for the show. So uh, here we are. But what's beautiful about this, Tom, is I thought about this, and really, like, there's enough for two teams, two teams starting six, <laughs> because as you and I realized watching the Mighty Ducks movie, like. There's goddamn 11 kids on these teams. <laughs> like, they, they do not have enough players. And the other thing is, it's really, really vague who plays what, right? Like, you get the feeling that pretty much everyone is a forward, is the way, except for, like, Fulton Reed. Um, just because, oh, what what does he do? He has a big slap shot. And then there's, uh, you know, knuckle puck kid. So... I guess defense is optional. Yeah, defense, we're going to be like, all right, I happen to know who plays defense, but I'm not sharing all that information with you because um, I'm bitter. All right, that's fine. Yeah, it is fine, isn't it, Tom? It is. I'm sorry, I'm here to win. I won the Marvel draft, the people think. Uh, I'm here to win the Ducks draft. Well, that's fine. So I'm, once again, I'm going to go into go in an unconventional direction sort of like my Marvel draft Um, and this might surprise you but with the number one overall pick I'm not going to take Julie the Cat Gaffney this is this is unheard of you better be taking Adam Banks you're damn right I'm taking Adam Banks yeah there's a strong case to be made for Adam Banks here's the thing about Adam Cake Adam Banks, though, Tom. Number one, he's obviously a cake eater, whatever that means. Two, the kid's made of glass. Uh, frequently injured, but three, he is by far the best skater on the team by, like, miles and miles. So, if there's anyone who can be drafted instead of Julie the Cat Gaffney, it's Banks. So, I'm going to assume with the number two overall pick, you're going to take... Yeah, I'm taking Julie the Cat Gaffney. It's a no goddamn brainer. As expected. Um, so Do we, we snake, probably, by the way? Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you, Leek. We probably should have decided that. Um, do you usually snake like in 
I don't know if you snake for two people. <laughs> I'm all for the snake, but it's weird, right? Yeah, it would be kind of weird. So I think we can just go back and forth. Cause yeah, like, let's just go back and forth and I'll... All right. Yeah. All right, so with um, the my second overall pick, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to take Guy Germain. Ooh. Ooh, you're making me nervous, Tom. Guy Germain was like someone who I thought I liked because they actually show him scoring goals and playing hockey in the movies. He's got the double zeros. I love that. But here's the thing. How he gets distracted by his relationship with Connie. So if I draft Connie later in this draft, he's worthless to you. It's a good point. Your second your second pick would be just a waste. Um, <laughs> so keeping in mind that you drafted Adam Banks, I'm going to draft his, his uh, arch nemesis. I'm taking Jesse Hall. Um, who will call him a cake eater um, mm-hmm. at every turn. Um, which I looked up the definition. Essentially, it just means like you're a spoiled rich kid. You eat cake yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. You piece of shit uh, with your polo shirts and your your weird dad haircut. Adam Banks looks like you haven't seen the sun ever. <laughs> um, but Jesse Hall, I like because they show him playing really well. He's like the flying V kid. So even though it goes without saying, the application of the flying V for actual hockey is just suspect at best. It just would not work. It's just an offsides play. <laughs> um, yeah. But And also interference, the play. But uh, yeah, he's really quite good. Um, like he makes... He seems to be the next best forward and skater behind Banks. But, like, it's no question that Adam Banks is the best. But, you know what? I have the best goalie by far. And I got the second best forward. So, I feel good. I mean, you got the best... I think Guy is, a like, a two-way guy who can do a little bit of everything. But I want, I want Jesse. I want the fire in my locker room. So, I'm, I'm sort of torn here because I I'm trying to think where where your head's at and if 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 I pick this person who you're going to pick next um, mm-hmm. but but I feel like at this spot it makes sense to um, to, to take a defenseman um, and I'm going to take Fulton Reed uh, I don't like it yeah Fulton Reed is the top D um, to me. One, because he seems to be the only guy who plays D. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Portman plays D, technically. Yeah, but Portman's a piece of shit. I would not draft Dean Portman if my, if I, like, if everything in my life hung on having a defenseman and my only choice was Dean Portman, I'd rather have a garbage can with a bunch of raccoons in it. Yeah. Dean Portman is clearly like a 25-year-old guy that they cast for this movie. Um, he's a goon, and he's a bully. The The biggest draw hit against Fulton Reed is he can't skate, but these people are all little babies, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Oh, man. You got me thinking now, Tom. You got me thinking. 
All right. Hmm. So this is where the draft gets Got interesting it. to me because you start to get into this this weird area of like who was good in these movies and that's what's fun to me is it's really right. hard. It's really hard to say who was good and who wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It cracks me up. But uh, with that in mind, I'm definitely going with someone from D2. And it's one of the new kids. And the question is, which new kid, right? Yeah. Because I really, really like... I really like Dwayne Robertson. You kind of convinced me why he's fun. And I thought about like his puck handling ability is supposedly the best that some people have ever seen. Not just in terms of kids. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I also love Kenny Wu. And, and I think Kenny Wu would skate circles around your team with your cake eater and your Fulton Reed. And this also assumes that like you're not having Gordon Bombay as the coach, so Oh yeah. <laughs> the last thing I would do is have fucking Gordon Bombay as a coach of my team. I'm gonna take just because I know it might make you sad like the way you've already made me sad. I'm gonna take Dwayne Robertson. I want the, the puck the puck handling kid. It's a good pick. He's someone that I had a little bit lower down my board. Ooh, I don't um, like that. I don't like that confidence out of Tom. I so, guess you'd be a center? I don't know. That's the other part of this, is like just make shit up as you go along, right? Like right. You have Banks and Guy Germain and Fulton Reed, so you could say you have two forwards and a D, or, or Guy as a D. I don't know. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We just need six, right? <laughs> and a goalie yeah, exactly. for sure. So you already so know he, your last round pick, really. That's what you should do, is take Goldberg last. So here's where I'm going to suspend disbelief a little bit, because Uh-oh. this is a draft, and um, we're, we're assuming a lot. For my next pick, I'm going to take someone who technically was perfect in goal. I'm going to take Russ Tyler. You son of a bitch. And I'm going to have him sort of play like a a Mike Smith, a Marty Turco, where all you got to really do is you're going to try and come out of your net and play the puck. Now, he may, you know, give up his fair share of goals uh, against your squad. Um, But I think the nature of this, it's going to be a high-scoring affair anyway. So what does it really matter? I mean, could he? Be, is he worse than Goldberg? I don't think so. I don't think anyone could be worse. But this is hysterical to me that you would take a guy. It's a goalie. You would take that guy who just essentially wore goalie gear over Goldberg. That is how low our opinion of is of Goldberg. Yeah, he's because he's doesn't move well. Great Goldberg. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I don't Did he make think a save? Did Russ Tyler make a save when he was in that? So, I don't know. Well, technically, no. I was going to say no because they he pass it shot. back to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's not like it was he shot also moved on goal. his helmet, which is an instant stoppage of play. 
Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, suspending disbelief. But you know what, Tom? I'm, I love the fucking idea, though. I'm all for this. And also, I consider Russ Tyler to probably be, like, the second best D. So, you have... You've got the D market and the guys who can play goalie and D pretty, pretty locked down. You know what, Tom? I think you're, I think you're onto something. Um... I mean, I already said how much I like Kenny Wu. I didn't think I'd be able to take him. Uh, but the question is, do I want the agility, the sneaky agility of Kenny Wu, or the just the sick, nasty speed of Luis Mendoza? Because you have that X factor. I think I need an mm-hmm. X factor. <sighs> like, here's the thing: he can't stop. Who gives a shit? You know, That's a fair point. Who gives a shit? He's Benny the Jet. Wow, Why am, this is causing me real, real anguish. <laughs> That's how you know. Man. Making you think. The thing is, I'll be super sad if you take Kenny Wu, but I don't need Kenny Wu now. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll I'll be completely honest. He's not even on my list of people. That just means you're a bad person. Um, I need. I need to think for a moment here, Tom. I think Averman is technically a D, but he's just the goofball. Is he any good? Who's to say? I really liked Gee, and you took Gee. Connie is also really good in the movies. That she is. I might take Connie if only if only because. Yeah, I'm going to take Connie, because not only is she good, but she effectively neutralizes Guy for you. Potentially. Have you seen the movies, Tom? Oh, yes, I've seen the movies. The opening of D2. Guys, I was this close. He is desperate. That is true. But who knows what happens once they're actually playing. It comes this... Because she's very competitive. Yeah. And she, is he going to fucking board her if she has the puck in the corner? Or is he going to lay off? Love can break us, Tom. It's just true. I'd like to point out where... How many rounds are we through the draft right now? We're through round four. Never once has Charlie Conway's name been mentioned. And that's because... Charlie Conway is a quitter, as far as I'm concerned. It's <laughs> uh. your pick, Quinc- bud. Qu- coincidentally, that's my next pick, Charlie Conway. <laughs> With the thought process here uh, being, at the at the end of D three, yeah, he's a changed player, where he's he's more committed to playing defensive hockey. And in this sort of mindset where you have everyone moving around, you kind of want someone who can play, you know, defensively minded, um, sort of, you know, shifting between wing and D. Uh, Banks and Jermaine are going to be the guys that are going to try and focus on, you know, moving the puck offensively. So I, I kind of like uh, Charlie Conway in, in, in that swing spot. Hmm. Like, I, I, I like the pick that you made. I just Cause I was, I was kind of thinking you were going to take him. No, I think Charlie Conway's a quitter. 
He's got one move, the triple deke. That's all he ever fucking talks about. He's never grown up. Get it together. Um... This is, it's gotten to the point where I, I am officially thinking too hard about it and I'm worried too much about it. Averman, I think, is not bad, but you got Charlie Conway. I've got Connie Moreau, who I can play on D. I got Dwayne Robertson. So I need a forward and a D. I'm going to take Luis Mendoza. I want game-breaking speed. Triple deke your way around that, Tom. It's, it's a good point. You piece of shit. I'm sorry, that was aggressive. And it's alright. That's the quarantine talking, that's not me. You know I love you. Love you too. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh man! Take a right. Fulton Reed. That one's. I'm still. I'm gonna be shoot straight with you, Tom. I like your team. I just. I gotta figure out how I want to bring this home. That's the problem. Is of course with these movies is like. You try to remember. Most of the kids are memorable for what they do away from the ice or what they say, like on the bench. Like, what does Averman do? Does he play well? Yeah. I don't know. He says a lot of silly shit. And he works at a movie theater. And he just leaves mm-hmm. his job irresponsibly. Um, but he's like, I would imagine Averman would be a good locker room guy to have. <laughs> you know? He seems to get along with everyone. You don't yeah. want Carp. Carp from the first movie. That kid looked like he was one ham sandwich away from a stroke. Yeah, it's like I don't have a lot of great options. Oh, man. I might so, have to take Dean Portman if you don't take him, and it makes me sick. I'm kind of leaning that way. If nothing, you can say you have the Bash Brothers together. Yeah, you can have the Bash Brothers. You know what, fuck it, I'm taking Dean Portman because... I didn't want like, him, I put that idea in your head. Because, like, Averman's not all that good. I'm a genius. I'm a genius. Genius. Yeah, I'm gonna... I'm gonna take Dean Portman, fuck it. <laughs> just I just it. imagine you walking up to the, the draft podium, like, in an ill-fitting suit, rubbing your temples, just... Like finishing a beer, setting it down a little too heavy on the podium so the mic picks it up. It's like I'm gonna take Dean Portman. Fuck it. Fuck it, Dean Portman. (laughs) Portman, get Get our ass over here. Drop that HGH and get on the ice. You're on the Ertzes. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Oh my god. Yeah, I have real concerns now. You have a you have a brawny group. Well, Jesse Hall's not going to take any shit. Dwayne Robertson got bullied in the movies by the the Icelanders. Like, when he was overhaling the puck, they kicked his sweet ass. 
<sighs> I'm all about speed and skill. Tom's about nasty. I don't know. I, I wanted to put Portman in your head, but now I kind of regret it. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> now that I think it through, I'm like, was that a good idea? I mean, if we're going to be uh, technical, too, you could also, you know, take uh, someone who didn't play goal in uh, I'm the last game I'm not taking Greg D3. Goldberg. I'd rather, that's the one I'd rather be dead. My goal-sending death would there. be exceptional, though. Um Boop, 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 boop. I'll take Kenny Wu. Fuck it. I'll, I'll steer into the skid of being undersized and, and a quick team. But you know what, Tom? I really will not be surprised if people think you have a better team. So that's my that's my six. So Mike six. In net, Julie the Cat Gaffney. Then in forwards, I have... Let's go with Jesse Hall. Uh, Jesus. I don't have 2D, really. I have forwards, I'll have Jesse Hall, I'll have Mendoza and Kenny Wu, and on defense I'll have Dwayne Robertson for the stick handling and puck carrying, and Connie Moreau. So my group, I'll have it forward, Adam Banks, Guy Germain, and Charlie Conway. On defense, we'll have the Bash brothers of Fulton Reed and, and uh, Dean Portman. And then uh, in goal, it's controversial, but, you know, fuck it, we're doing it. You know, we do what we want here. Uh, Russ Tyler. That's probably the only chance I have of having a better team, is that you don't actually have a goalie. This is true. Um, and um, I don't really care. <laughs> but your team is so fun. Your team is just going to be on the attack. You got the knuckle puck and the Fulton Reed slap shot. I have the flying V. I have Jesse Hall. I have the flying V. You have the knuckle puck and Fulton Reed shot. So who? So are are you trying? Are, so I'm guessing you're you're like uh, you're Obi Wan. I'm Anakin. You have the high ground. Do I even have the high ground though? You have all the height. <laughs> like. I have Kenny Wu, I have Connie, I have Luis Mendoza. Even Jesse Hall is short. Like, I don't have... I got, it would I, be... I got a lot of, like, I'm a modern NHL team. I'm all speed and skill, and I don't care about size. Huh. I like yeah, it. We'll have to see what the people think. I Honestly, I would not be surprised if you win this one. I don't dislike my team, but you took... The second you took Fulton Reed, things went pear-shaped for me. We'll let the people decide. Um, but yeah, it would be cool if there was a way to sort of like simulate this. Um, it would be fun. If like the best thing would like, like, like a backyard hockey-esque simulation yeah, we could just would press be fun. Yeah, play and watch and yell at them. Tom could be slamming his beer bottle there. Get out the apartment! Backtrack! <laughs> I'll be yuck. Mendoza, hit the brakes! That'd be great. So is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, anything we missed? Um, anything that... Uh, 
Oh, you know, happen. We, we, neither of us consider we got to draft players from other teams, like the shitty kids from the Hawks team and Team Iceland. Yeah, that would have made really things in the spirit of things, but yeah, it would have yeah. been fun. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Was there anything else I wanted to talk about? No. Um, we covered a lot. We're already over an hour. Um, it was a, We filled in a lot this show. I think it was fun. So uh, on that note, I will uh, list our lovely uh, patrons. Thank you for uh, all your support as always. And um, we really appreciate it. And we will continue to leave our Patreon on pause. Um, most likely once we sort of have um, an idea of like major events. So like, you know, if the draft comes back or, you know, things of that nature then we'll we'll pick it back up again but um we'll we'll obviously give you a heads up uh when that happens but um we have an interesting thing mike and i was unable to figure it out before the show i'm Mm. guessing there were some name changes but i was unable to sort of see who was who um so we have the first name a six foot gap which makes sense you know, with everything going on with COVID. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Adam Nahoek, Aiden Gaspar, Amriel Kistner, Andrew Chicagoff, Andy White, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Beezer, Ben Pierney, Bjarner Osterheim, Bob Kawa, Bobby Callahan, Captain America, Chris Abibi, Chris Lucas, Chris Marco Trigiano, Clark Carroll, Craig Lachlan, Daniel Tizen, David L. Singer, Eric Cohn, Eric Carlson, Fancy Lawrence, Frank Menino, George Lippman, no longer a Goth Tom 2020. Whoa. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that person changed their name. The but campaign's over. Yeah, because someone had actually messaged our, our Patreon, um, saying like, "Oh, Tom's not no longer saying not going to happen." Um, is it something where I was sort of taking like a dark turn? No, I was. It was. I was actually surprised people picked up that I was I was I was trying to sort of ignore it to sort of make it go away. So maybe in a way, uh, well, I come did. Back. We'll see. Um, George Lippman, Igor Zavlosky, James Dengel, Jamie Bussell, Jeff Owen, Jermaine Francis, John Prezepelski, John Reppy, Jordan Sassone, Justin Walsh, Keith Franchillo, Kevin Mead, Kushtastic, Kyle Napolitano, Matt Bader, Matthias Olson, uh, Michael Canick. Oh, wow. Michael Alsante, Michael Kanek, Michael Marcus, Michael Silvers, Nick Antropov. That's a new name. Nick uh, Antropov. Nikolai Hoffman, Panarin, 2020, Patrick Landolt, Perennial Powerhouse, Russ Vent, Sammy Vogel-Seidenberg, Sean, Stieg Bielbach, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Rob, The Ninja's Ninja, The Tin Man, Tori from Manhattan, and Trevor Kempner. Uh, thank you to all of our uh, wonderful uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, thank you to everyone yeah. listening to the show. Thank you to everyone uh, visiting Blue Shirt Banter uh, during all this craziness. We really appreciate uh, your support. Um, congratulations to Mike Murphy and Shayna Goldman for kicking ass on uh, Isil Hack. Hey. Uh, very, very good presentations. Uh, and it was if you go on, <laughs> but you did it. Did a great job. Um, also, you're on the panel as well. Um, you go to Blue Shirt Banner. There's a story up with information on how you can uh, watch their presentations. And uh, job well done. Thank uh, you, buddy. Very, very proud of you both. Um, that's all I have for me. Uh, 
thank you everyone for listening and uh we will talk to you again next week take care everyone nick antropov was tall goodbye everybody